Hello and welcome to Kohler Commentary. Today I have a special guest. I am joined by a fan favorite, Wani Lee. Not hello, only hello. Is, hi, Wan. <laughs> Not only is Wani joining us, he brought his whole sibling crew, June and Aaron. Um, and we have a special episode today. I want to thank this family, especially Aaron, for coming on the podcast because she will be sharing her adoption st- story with us today. Um, I'm excited as you guys join me in listening as we hear how she has process this experience, how it's shaped a part of her identity, and how the Lee siblings in general just uh, play a part in their family dynamic through their Enneagram types. So listen in, try to guess who is what. Um, I think we already kind of know Wani's, but maybe if you don't, don't, you know, like what a fun game we can play. So without further ado, welcome guys. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. 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 Uh, <laughs> all right. So before we just dive right in, how about each of you go around and just share like how you would describe your family? So we get a little sneak peek into the Lee fam. So we are a family of five. It's our dad, me, June, Aaron, in that order. And I think our family, Where's we mom? are oh, I didn't say mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. the most important mom, dad, me, June, Aaron. And I think our family is very loving, not the like most energetic, but always there for each other. Everyone kind of does their own thing for a little while, comes together for a little while, does their own thing again, and then comes back together again. It's kind of like that in a very general sense. I figure we're going to get talking more in detail later, but. Um, Baton to June. I think we're a bunch of very introverted, quiet bunch. And without Aaron there, we would all stay inside the house all the time. So I think Aaron definitely grounds everybody. I thought it was pretty funny that Juan said we're not energetic because if you're around Aaron, I'm like, oh, she she wants to go out all the time, which I'm very happy for because I need someone to push me out of the house and go do fun things. So I think she's the one that really helps even out the family, like introvert energy extrovertedness and the activity doing Mm. yeah i agree i think we're all just overall pretty calm like even me even though i like to go do things i still think i am pretty calm and can be pretty i like to say ambivert and i think we're just like a long distance family relationship just because of all the different locations (laughs) it's just hard because like we don't see each other as a family as a whole often, but when we do, of course, I want to go do stuff, and I just take that role as the youngest. So I just want everyone to be happy and like go do something, you know, quality time. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, where are you guys all located as a long distance family? I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm I'm over in LA. I've been here for about 2016 or so. Yeah, and I'm in Davis right now going to grad school to get my teaching credentials and master's. Ooh, very cool. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. I liked hearing a little bit about the dynamic and especially how Aaron brings the fun juice into the family. And so I did want to thank you, Aaron, for hopping on and preparing some of your reflections um, to share with our listeners today. I don't know too much myself. I definitely wanted to just make this uh, conversation organic. A lot of in the beginning, we'll be asking you some questions. Brothers will just be listening unless they want to chime in with something right away. But then towards the end of your segment, they'll have a chance to respond as well. All right. Are you ready, guys, to dive deep as a family? Let's go. go. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Aaron, do you ever remember being told you were adopted or was it a known part of your story from the get-go? I think my parents did a pretty good job telling me when I was really little. Like, I have a memory of me being maybe in preschool Um, with my parents just telling me and just sitting me down. And it's honestly, I'm really grateful that they did because since I was so little and they told me, I just grew up my whole life, like not even really thinking too much about it again. I just really Mm. like remembering that when I was little just helped me to really accept it as like part of my identity and not really see it as something like, whoa, why didn't you tell me? So I'm glad they definitely told me in the beginning. Yeah, I I do also res- like admire your parents for how they were able to put you like 
in this journey from the start. How did that look like for a preschooler to kind of grasp that concept versus were you able to then later not like have to grapple with it, but was there another time in your life where it was like, oh, wait, what does this mean? Or was that something that kind of just clicked for you from the start? I think since my parents based it out of how our family is just loving and they just really told me in the way that I could understand it. Of course, it was preschool, but from that, I think it was always something that I kind of thought of in a way, but whenever I had questions, I wasn't afraid to just ask them. Mm. Yeah, and so I would say maybe... I don't remember a specific time, but I would ask my parents, like, where was I born again? Or, like, stuff about, like, my name, because that wasn't, oh, like, Aaron wasn't my birth name, I guess. So I'd ask questions about that. But for the most part, I really just forget that I'm adopted. And just because my parents are so good and my brothers, of course, in accepting me. And so I really didn't question it much. What was your um, birth name? Nam Hejong. <laughs> Nam Hejong. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. When did your name change? Is it Aaron? Is do you have a Korean name as well, or are you Aaron? Mm, my Korean name is just Erin. Erin. Oh, okay, okay. Erin <laughs> yeah. and then Aaron. Is there any uh, meaning behind that name? So beautiful. So is Wani and Juni, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Aaron's nice. It's okay. Everybody always asks me, like, why am I not Aaron He? (laughs) 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 But I think I was always told that my name meant, like, peace and love. Hmm. Okay, so then I guess as you continue to have space to ask your parents questions, were there ever also times that you wanted to know more about the circumstances of your biological parents? Or do you know and can you share kind of what the adoption process story looked like for you? Mm -hmm. When I got older, I definitely wanted to meet my birth parent just to know mainly like even health issues, like health history. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like, of course, I'm curious, like, what do my birth parents look like? Do I look like them at all? So I think when I did start asking my parents about it, my mom did tell me, I didn't even look into it myself, I just trusted what she said. But just that Korea has that law that you have to be at least 18, I believe, to look for your birth parents. Yeah, and you also need to get permission for them to, if they want to be found. And so my mom always told me like to have low expectations. So if they did, didn't want to be found, then I would just have to like settle with that. And so I think when I went to Korea, when I was 18, I brought it up, but I think nothing was really done about it. And then I think I was going to do something about it when we were had plans to go to Korea during COVID. But then, of course, COVID happened. So then I haven't been to Korea since I was maybe, yeah, 18. And oh, so you didn't go to Korea yeah. at this most recent trip? No, I didn't. I was the only one that did it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So do you hope to have a meeting if possible whenever you do end up going to Korea? Or is it something that, what what does that look like for you? I think I would. It's just something that hasn't been too planned out. But I do remember when I, I brought it up maybe, let's say last year, and then my mom actually was like, oh, like, I can actually show you something. And she pulled out like this file, it was like, all the information they got about me when they first adopted me. And like, I had no like, very little information about my birth parents, just like, um, which hospital I was born, like what time I was born, like those like basic facts. So that was really cool. And my parents had to, like, translate it for me because it was all in Korean. I was like, oh, I don't, can't read this. In terms of your birth parents would be, I know you said you definitely wanted to meet them for various reasons, like also health and, like, logistical things, too. Do you ever feel the need to reconcile the choice of your birth parents? Or is that something that you were told um, in the front end about their decision for their adoption choice? Mm, like, if I meet them... That's something that maybe I could bring up, but Mm. honestly, it's like, I just have that idea that they just, it was better off this way. So I don't really think too much about it. And I'm just so grateful, like with the family I have now, and I never really like said 
like <laughs> actually when I got into like arguments with my mom I'd be like um like I think it because I'd be too like too cruel to say out loud but, like oh I need to find my birth parents like but like that's really like something I thought of when I was little and never said out loud because I knew I didn't mean it so Mm. I think yeah I never really like had doubts or uncertainty or just like I'm like happy with so happy with my family now so it's like I never really consider anything else Thank you for sharing. Uh, I wanted to pause and ask the brothers, as little <laughs> kids as well, when Aaron did come into the family, what did that look like for you guys in whatever age or season you might have been? Like, how did your parents communicate that to you? This was so long ago, right? <laughs> like 22 years ago at this point. I think I remember before Aaron actually came into her family and the news was first broken to me me being the youngest at the time hated the idea i was like no i don't want a little sister i'm the youngest one i'm the only one that anyone here needs you know there's even a photo of the moment when we first went to go see aaron at the adoption agency and i think that was the very distinct moment when i first so everyone held Aaron going around. I think our grandma was there too. And I was one of the last ones to hold her. And that's right when I held her. I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm down. Aww. I could see living with her. And then she came to the States and we, we fought a lot for like the first seven, nine years of our life. Actually, I think for probably longer, right? I think well into when you were in middle school, probably. <laughs> I mean... Right? I was pretty annoying, but yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, this is like, Aaron's like two, one, and then Jeannie's like nine, ten, <laughs> so, or no, seven, eight. So it's just like, <laughs> it's not really fighting. It's just him getting annoyed at her for just <laughs> existing. <laughs> I think the one moment that I remember the most, I was about seven or eight, and I was sitting on a stool, and this and this stool's like, twice Aaron's height at this point and she's about two years old and just learned how to walk not too long before and she claims that that stool was hers and I was sitting on a set no I'm sitting here this is my seat so she grabs a stool with both hands and just rips it out from underneath me dang I'm a strong baby 70 80 pounds and she just learned how to walk so yeah if you ask me, it was a fair fight the whole way. <laughs> I was a pretty buff kid, to be honest. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so interesting because the age difference is about what two years for you guys? Well, yeah, yeah, just yeah, just like two years. two years. And then the gap is a lot bigger with you, Aaron. So I can I could see how like as the younger child at that point, like there was like a what you know. So a lot. Of, when did the fighting kind of stop, guys? Uh, I think, Aaron, you were about right when I was going to high school. I, w- I would have been 15, so how old were you? Like seven or eight, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think she was still in elementary school. But I think just one day, the fighting just stopped out of nowhere. And yeah, we became best buds after that. Aw, Aaron's face agrees with you, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I love you. <laughs> Um, Wani, okay, how about you share your perspective? So I think my early interpretation of the adoption was that my parents wanted a daughter, <laughs> which I, I think to this day, I'm like, I'm sure there are like bigger motives and reasons that like we as kids just like wouldn't have understood at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the easiest way that like I was able to understand because I was eight, nine, eight was like, yeah, my parents have me and my brother. They want a little girl. It makes sense, you know? Um, and so I didn't really have any feelings of like, oh, like, who is this new baby coming into our family? You know, because I think I was used to having a younger sibling anyway. So it's not like my life was that much different. And so it wasn't as big of a transition for me. It was just like one day there wasn't a baby. And then the next day there was a baby, you know? Mm. Um, and life was very, I, I think as a little kid, it didn't, I didn't really notice, but there was a probably a lot like, more busyness with my parents and like right. there's a baby crying there's a baby that needs to like be fed and then like 
and then you just kind of get used to that i think I, I think i remember as a kid being like okay like sounds good to me you know yeah i don't think there was any like complicated feelings around it just to, like oh they want another baby that's cool um, what a great transition. Uh, tell me about your parents' decision to adopt. So Wani did say that there is a potential possibly for wanting a girl because girls rule, right? <laughs> um, but like, do you know any story behind like their intent or desires to adopt you? No, seriously, like that's like the still the reason I think they adopted me because I think just like, my mom always just said she wanted a girl and she didn't want to risk it. Like, that's what I tell my friends still to this day. And like my brother said, there might be other reasons, but I didn't really pry. I just like, I was satisfied with that answer and just stuck with it. <laughs> While they did do kind of a good job with involving you in this process from the beginning, is there anything you might have wished your parents did to guide your understanding of your adoption any better? I think just, yeah, like, because they told me since I was young, it never made me feel any different. It's mm. just something I really don't um, even notice or think about too much. No, I think that's um, helpful to put into perspective because I think sometimes even like strangers or myself, right? If you hear parts of someone's identity, you're like, oh, this must be such a big part of their story. Mm. When in reality, it might not be. And not that it like becomes less important, right? But it just shows, you know, who, what makes you, you. And this might not be as like, oh my gosh, it has to mean this or that. And so I think mm. that's cool to hear as well. Um, and like a testament to, to your family for making it so natural mm. too. Yeah, I think yeah. even as siblings, sometimes I get that question, right? Like, mm -hmm. what is it like to have an adopted sister? Or, oh, what is that like? You know, like that question, I was like, I don't know. Like, what is it like to, you know, what is it like for you to have a brother or sister? And I think it's like the same thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's not something that is always there in the back of my mind when I'm hanging out with my family or hanging out with Aaron. You know, it's like, oh, she's the adopted one. I have to be like extra careful. It's like not like that, right? It's right. like, she's my sister. Like, like, I remember the first day I met her. And then, like, from there, it's been like any other family would be, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. I would like to think, you know? And so, a fact that like that's like one part of the family but it's not the or one part of the relationship but not the entire thing it's not all consuming you know right right yeah um being a part of this family what do you think are some of the best traits you've inherited from your parents and your brothers <laughs> for my brothers <laughs> oh my gosh definitely i think empathy is a big one like my mom has like the really good nunchi and mm. so I feel like being raised by someone who is really good nunchi like I was able to just like my mom is always like how did you learn that like did I really teach you it's just like I watched her doing it and like mm. like just like the little side eyes like I'd be like oh my god like what's she looking at and then I'd be like <laughs> oh my god that's going on so I think like just having that nunchi and like being empathetic to others like that's like a really big one and i think from my brothers like hmm, they just took their own role like it's honestly weird for me to say his name but for one he <laughs> he um like do you call him Opa? Kanopa yeah oh so cute okay, <laughs> um Kanopa or one he <laughs> told me like helped me a lot with like like the academics <laughs> he's a smarty pants of our family so I call him like he's like my essay editor thank you so much <laughs> yeah and then Downopa Junie was always like he was always a cool one I always think of like he's a rebel trouble child but like <laughs> oh <laughs> but, like, interesting yeah like I feel like I go to them for different things and they help me in like their own ways and it's just it's nice it's like I have two separate people to go to for things that I have questions about. <laughs> and then for my dad, I think, mm, I think he's just like, he's a very wise man. I think he has a man, he's a man of many stories. And I think through him, I think I probably learned how to listen. <laughs> It's <laughs> like he just be <laughs> telling his stories, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like the most random stories, <laughs> like 
random fun facts he read on the news and wants to share. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, thank you. Which <laughs> 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 <This> is like <laughs> insightful, something that I would never like talk about, but he just like isn't afraid to just speak his mind. But interesting, I see the roles that you guys play in this family. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I am just curious if we want to wrap this part up with any last piece of wisdom for you to share out to maybe someone who was also adopted or since a lot of us can be at the age of choosing this option, what advice would you give someone hoping to adopt? I just think for anybody who wants to adopt, it is important to be pretty open with your kid because that of course is the one thing that really stuck out to me and like carried on as I grew up um just that I'm appreciative that my parents are open because I think it's really important for parents to just be honest because I think it could just go so many directions but like of course you don't want to take that route of your kid never knowing and then you know, they can feel betrayed in the end. But hmm. um, so I think it's always the best option to just tell them from the get go. And then as an adoptee, I think I didn't have many hardships with it because I think we're all Korean, too. And so hmm. I never had too many obstacles in terms of people like assuming like when I meet a friend and they find out I'm adopted like maybe a year into the friendship they're always just like why like why didn't you tell me or like the reactions are always the best part of me telling people but Mm. I think it's important to be comfortable with talking about it because I feel like once you're comfortable it just like isn't anything new it's just I think when you tell people about it too it's just a way of saying like yeah I'm adopted what about it like (laughs) and it's like fun to just be that person in their life they're like oh I don't know anyone that's adopted but I think just like yeah being comfortable with that and of course you're only I'm only comfortable because my parents are able to just be so open and talk to me about it Hmm. yeah if you ever do go to Korea and you do get to continue on this journey, maybe even finding out more or um, things like that, I would love yeah. to hear parts yeah. of your story whenever you might be willing to share. Um, thanks for even choosing to be vulnerable in this space with your brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, do you guys want to respond to anything that Aaron might have shared in this first segment? Honestly, until you invited us on to this podcast, I sort of forgot Aaron was adopted. It's never been a big thing on my mind. And I think a big thing that our parents did well is they used to t- take us to this organization called MPAC, mm-hmm. which I think was its mission for something. Mission to promote adoption in Korea. It was this organization where they would have these get-togethers with all these other families that had adoptees. And so all these kids would play together, all the adopted kids, and then the parents would get together and have sort of somewhat of a small support system to help each other out. I think that really helped normalize it when we were really young. And so it just became a facet of our lives that we just – never really thought about you know and yeah just went from there honestly i totally forgot aaron was adopted <laughs> until those podcasts oh that's cool they like took you guys to that and you know like still made it a part of y'all's lives but it still didn't seem like she was adopted so that's kind of cool to hear that it wasn't like their lack of involvement in anything but both that and yeah i think on my end one thing i was thinking about was I think there's an advantage to being the last one, right? Like the youngest sibling being the adopted one because my parents have gone through the parenting experience through me, through my brother, have like a few, like a period of a few years where they can like experience the full range and then kind of like have a third child 
and like they kind of get like take those experiences and like pour out the love and wisdom that they've kind of learned how to show to Aaron, who like probably is like in a little bit of a different situation because of the whole adoption thing, right? And so like that experience, I think plays a huge part in like how well they were able to kind of guide Aaron through the adoption process and like what that was like. And so I think that's like a big thing. Maybe that's like an older sibling thing too, where I'm the first one who has to experience everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that too, just being like, yeah, being a first time parent is probably really hard to begin with, right? And like navigating the adoption thing is probably not the easiest thing to go through for the first child even, you know, and everyone's life circumstances are a little bit different. So I think that's like a big part of uh, the adoption process too. I think the second thought I was having was like, my dad uses this analogy and I think Aaron knows this analogy better than I do, but like, if our family is like a like a bunch of like instruments playing together or like a band playing together, like the four of us are like kind of like the same, right? Like we kind of are like all the same instrument. It can like sound really good, but it's like all the same thing. So you're just hearing the same thing kind of over and over again. But then like Aaron comes in as like a completely different instrument, like bringing a whole new layer and depth to our family and dynamic and like who we are as a family. And so I think there's a layer of that too of, bringing anyone into the family is great and like add so much more, but like there's this whole new layer that like we wouldn't have gotten if it was just a biological family. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a whole other layer that I appreciate too. It's like, she brings the extra flair. And I think we've been like saying this since the beginning, but like you can definitely tell that like <laughs> my brother and I are from the same cloth. Cause we just are like, think very similarly and do things similarly. But then Aaron comes in like, and brings like spice and life into like how we are as a family you know so it's like that level of harmony rather than just like the same melody playing at the same time wow such a beautiful <laughs> analogy clearly y'all get it from up there that um, was my college essay and my brother proofreaded that for me <laughs> uh, <I> see. <laughs> oh is that where i remember that from that yeah makes sense. i think so oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that's so funny oh that's i love that what instrument is Aaron then i think it was like yeah i was the violin and then like just piano just the piano yeah yeah i see that okay well then let's kind of bring it to you guys as a trio or a sibling dynamic um and let's reveal your enneagram types oh my gosh okay so who would like to reveal theirs first (laughs) i think as as a past participant of this podcast everyone knows mine so i'm a nine can you tell us a little bit about a nine man it's been a while since i've talked about this but enneagram nines are the peacemakers they're the ones who are focused on avoiding conflict, keeping the peace amongst people and within themselves. So like internally, if there's any like conflict going on, I tend Mm -hmm. to just like shove that down and ignore it and be like, okay, if I don't think about it, things will be okay. And I'm at peace. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, Enneagram nines are like very others focused. The core message is like, like our presence matters. Like that's important to hear for us as nines. And then our worst fear is like that we don't matter. And so Oh, let's let's yeah. tap into that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> okay, and then June, what are you? I'm a type two. Do you know anything about your type? Oh, not really. Well, as a fellow, <laughs> as a fellow two over here, type twos are kind of like the givers or the helpers, and um, really looking for appreciation and wanting to be loved, kind of validated in different ways. But then also they have that superpower of like that deeper empathy and also being able to kind of know people's needs as well, almost because you're <clears throat> sometimes denying your own needs. Do you feel like this is true? Yeah. <laughs> just tell the truth <laughs> okay, we're about to get there we're about to go there okay um and then aaron you are the type six yeah you're the loyalist okay i think type sixes can be like some of the best friends you can have they're also super like security oriented kind of have an maybe like an anxious layer to them but that you know that they're thinking of worst case scenarios i think the interesting about thing about a type six is while like a type one has like this inner critic um they say like type six have an inner committee almost where they're trying to 
figure out their decisions, but they think of all the possible scenarios in their minds and they do kind of look for an authority figure to help them make those those decisions. You guys are also the committed, responsible type and also the ones yeah, that are looking for security as well. And so I don't know like how much that resonates with you, but we're going to go deep into it, guys, today. I'm going to share the message, which Wani kind of alluded to, that you might have been interpreting when you were a child and how that might have formed. If you guys can think of a moment where that was a memory you could remember feeling. For a type two, it is not okay to have your own needs is a message you interpreted growing up. But what you wanted to hear is, you are wanted and loved. <laughs> you know, that's that's like something I have thought to myself, but I can't ever pinpoint exact moments where I would be like, oh, hey, that is something I could point out to a therapist and say, yeah, that messed me up. That right there. Mm-hmm. Um, being in the middle, the way, the way I would describe it is that since one was the first one, he had all the undivided attention of, oh, okay, we can't mess this up. Like, he's he's got to work out. And then when Aaron came along, it was like, to me, all right, I don't have time for this. You figure it out. I have this other really young baby that needs care and attention. You're old enough to take care of yourself. Go figure it out, you know? Um, so I guess that's what may have informed that idea about myself, but... Yeah, as far as a specific incident, I can't think of a single thing that Mm. I could point to. Mm. Do you see that message as it formed when you were younger? Do you see it's not okay to have your own needs? Like, how does that play out today, maybe within the family or beyond, um, because it was something that you formed somewhere inside your mind um, over time? Not so much with the family, because I think outside of the family i'm very much like this in other aspects of my life with Mm. my relationship i'm sort of becoming a manager at my work and so the 14 people i do take care of it definitely really triggers that aspect of me very very strongly Mm. so outside at the office i'm taking care of other people trying to be the stoic support for all these people at work and what they need and then i come home i have to be the stoic support for for my girlfriend and mm-hmm. the two kitties you know <laughs> kitties need a lot of support they're very adorable um, <laughs> and then i think as far as the family part i know nowadays i don't really feel that way at all because if anything i think the family is where i retreat to and look for that support and the love. And, and Aaron, Aaron's typically the one that I call and say, Aaron, help me. <laughs> please, please help me. I'm dying. I need a hug. Aw, that's, that's so cute. It went from, you know, like all that fighting to now calling for that support that you do need. I love that. Yeah. Does anyone want to respond to anything that you need to share so vulnerably? Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think I realized that that was there until very recently. I always used to think that he was more of the worry about every possibility type when we were younger. I think one of his favorite books was like the How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse and just like and then whenever like there's a natural disaster coming our way, he's the one to like Junie's the one to always ask like do you guys have your go bag? Do you have an emergency <laughs> kit? Do you have your flashlight? Do you have, you know, like, is your, do you have like stuff for, to like get away if you need to, like things like that. Right. So mm. I don't think I understood like where that was coming from, you know, mm. like even if it feels like it's coming from a place of like practicality and like surviving, it, I'm actually, like realizing, mm-hmm. yeah, like taking care of others. Like that's his way of like mm-hmm. making sure that others are okay. You know, um, I don't know if you'd interpret it that way, June, but in in this context, that's what I'm yeah. making that connection to. That's a yeah. beautiful connection you just made. <laughs> I, I guess I prefer practicality over the other people, paranoid. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it does all sort of stem from that place, because I think uh, a lot of what runs through my mind when I'm preparing all these things is like re- recently... I was trying to learn how to 
get into ham radio, you know, just so I could send a headset to everybody and be like, okay, here's how we guys communicate just in case all the cell lines go down. Like, okay, so you do your thing, <laughs> all right, and just in case anything happens, you know, you don't have to all gather in one place, but it's just so we can know each other's alive, it's all good, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I don't, I don't think I really made that connection until uh, Juan just said it right now. No, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think in your results, your six was still high, highly scored, um, which is kind of cool then how that plays into your overall picture with the type two being your core motivation for a lot of things. So interesting um, how that works. I am also a two, but I don't think I have many of those traits. Um, (laughs) So it's kind of cool to hear how, you know, like your own experiences and your own reasons shape your type. So Aaron, for you, um, a message you might have interpreted is that it is not okay to trust yourself um, and your desire is to hear that you are safe and secure. How did that resonate with you? When I was younger, definitely I had a lot of issues with just some poor friendships and I think I gave a lot into them but didn't realize I wasn't getting the same effort reciprocated and so my parents are really good at looking out for me and at the time of course like I hated it's like why are you so reluctant to let me hang out with this friend they would just like be pretty blunt with me in that way like I don't like that friend it's like they're my close friend (laughs) but I think maybe that is a reason or like can be related into that message but I think I always just like rely on someone's it's like I have a decision but I need that reassurance Mm. um I think I would consider myself a dependent person I'm really working on it but (laughs) I think I just really enjoy hearing another person's feedback and advice and I think it really helps me yeah interesting yeah Wani said you were the two and June was the six (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised when the numbers came out that way because I thought it was the opposite. Um, okay, did anyone want to respond to Aaron's uh, childhood message? Yeah, I think I think I remember some of those friends that Aaron was talking about when we were younger, and and I do remember very distinctly my parents' reaction to them, and uh, also I think um, I think they're right on that one. Yeah, that that one looks kind of dead behind the eyes i don't, I don't know what to make <laughs> i don't know what to make <laughs> yikes uh, but uh i i sort i sort of left, left that up to the parents but yeah i could definitely see how much of a struggle it was for aaron growing up because she just always wanted to have fun hang out with their friends and i think my parents were always just concerned as much love and effort she put into these friendships they just wanted to make sure that I was reciprocated. And whenever mm-hmm. they sensed that it wasn't, they sort of got a little overbearing and helicopter parenty. But mm-hmm. I think Aaron spoke for itself on how that turned out. But I think that's really what was going on. How does that play out today for you, Aaron? Like this message that you might have interpreted in this way now that you are older and whether it be in terms of relationships or friendships you might have, do you ever feel like you need that same type of like whether it's approval or confirmation or things like that um in terms of friendship now though I would say that I do have a close circle and know what I like in a friendship and Mm -hmm. I think those past events that did happen definitely just gave me more insight to know what I do want in a friendship or don't because in the end I know my parents are right but of course in that moment it's like why do you hate my friends? Mm-hmm. But now it's like, wow, they, they were right. And that's like so annoying, but my parents are mostly right. And <laughs> I can acknowledge it because like they're really good at like having an eye for just like, you know, some of the red flags and all that. And it helped me with my friendships now. I think I always talk about how my mom is like my personal therapist because I'm able to open up to her and like Mm. um, she's able to just listen and like tell me just really good advice and I think she's definitely that authority figure I think that the message is talking about where I like Mm. I need to talk to someone and she's always that person for me so I'm glad that we do have a good relationship where I can do that yeah that Mm -hmm. sounds 
20. It is not okay to assert yourself is something you might have heard growing up. <laughs> You've always desired to hear that your presence matters. Can you speak on that? <laughs> uh, so I think there are like a few instances where I think that has popped up in it. I've shared this before as a kid, especially. I think it's a little bit better these days, but as a kid, especially whenever I would get into trouble or get into an argument, whenever my parents would like talk to me, it's like not even like bad conversations, right? It's like more serious conversations, maybe like I didn't get the best grades and they want to know like what happened and they're not like super angry or anything, but they're just like want to know so they can help. Like, I just won't say anything, you know, like I will stay like a hundred percent like silent until the moment passes or like they'll let me go. And like, I can have like a million thoughts in my head and like a million things that I would say or like is, would be the right thing to say, but I would, not say anything at all right and like in my head i can think through like if i say this my parents would say this and then i would say that and then i my parents would say this to me and then i would say that but like that's a conversation happening in my head and like physically nothing's happening you know and so i think that's like an example i can think of of like yeah i'm just gonna stay quiet and like let the moment pass and like let others speak and take their input and then just like walk away <laughs> like i don't feel like I have like the authority to deal with the situation right now, you know, cause it's like, yes, yeah, my parents, like, what am I supposed to say? You know? Yeah. I don't exactly know where that came from. I think part of it maybe comes from being in like a Korean family and like the whole, like you respect your elders when grandparents are around, you always like respect them when parents are around you. Like, I think our family's like relaxed, but we use like the formal language with our parents more than like I know, like, some families use their, like, casual stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's, like, so weird to me, you know? Things like that, where I think especially, like, being the first, like, that was, like, emphasized way more to me than, like, someone like Erin, right? She gets away with stuff that I never would have gotten away with, like, when I was older, you know? Like, <laughs> talk, like talking back to my parents sometimes, or, like, dude, that stuff will, like, not have flown when I was older, you know? And so, like, I think there's, like, as the oldest kid, you just get, like, that first message that your parents want to instill in you like the hardest you know and like that gets like hammered into you a little bit more I don't think I'm like scarred or traumatized by that or anything like that I think but it is like what was emphasized to me you know um and so there's probably a little bit of that from when I was growing up of like you let others speak first you let older people speak first especially and you like let them do their thing and then once you get away from that you can do your own thing later you know that kind of message Hmm. Overall, like, how does that habit or that message play into how you might act today when it comes to certain, com not conflicts, but certain things like that? I think I have a hard time saying hard things, right? Like hard truths. Even though it's playing in your mind? Yeah, even though it's playing in my mind, even though I know it's the right thing to say, even though I know the other person knows that I should say that thing. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to say, you know, because it's like, I don't want to like lose the balance of the situation. I don't want to like mess the, the relationship harmony, up. the peace, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to keep the peace, you know what I mean? And so I think it's gotten better, but it's like still something I like struggle with, especially like with older people or like authority figures. I don't know. Yeah, I think that level of that is like still there of not being able to communicate the harder things unless I'm like really prepared and I have to like really like think and write what I'm going to say. And even then I start sweating and I avoid eye contact and I like <laughs> cannot bring the words out of my mouth, you know? Um, yeah. would, would you guys like to respond to that? <laughs> uh, I find that funny because I do the exact same thing. If it's with my significant other, looks like I'm shut down, but but really I'm just playing out every scenario in my head and trying to pick out which route to go. I, I totally get the part where he says there are things that he feels he should say and other people feel he should say, but he doesn't say it. I somehow feel like that's somewhat tied into how our family communicates in a way. Because mm. we generally, when we get in a fight, it's generally a very quiet fight. There was never any like really yelling or like really big explosives bursts of energy. The analogy I like to use is if you have like these two samurai about to face off, and it's just thirty minutes of them just holding the sword until the other person makes the first move, and then 
they don't even pull out the swords and they walk away because they know who won. It is over. Yeah, that's just it's like a a chess game that decided without making any moves. You know, mm. I think that definitely has to stem from the way our family communicated. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, Aaron, did you want to say anything or any insights you had? I was gonna say that I'm a bit different. Like he said, like You're the violin. Saying, <laughs> yeah, Gina's saying like it might be from family and like how we were raised and stuff. But I feel like if I have something I want to say, I'm pretty impatient, so I just want to say it. <laughs> if it's on my mind, it's definitely enough to bother me. So I just like to get it off my chest and be direct about it. But like one when, when you were saying earlier like I was the one that talked back <laughs> like I wasn't the peaceful like <laughs> I took out my sword <laughs> but yeah I don't know I feel like that, yeah I was feeling a little like huh I can't really relate on that one I think that's how yeah. like our balance works you know like I'm like oh my gosh like Wani like can you help me like I need help like I'm trying to resolve a problem but I need your help and <laughs> this is like <laughs> I'm trying to gather everyone to help me because no one's doing anything. <laughs> but yeah, kind of big, but <laughs> yeah. When Aaron shares about a problem or a situation, so like what I'll do is I give the general themes of like, so this thing happened and it made me feel this way. What do you think? And then Aaron's style of sharing is like, okay, so like seven days ago, my friend said this thing and it really like it like stuck in my brain for like three days and I've been thinking about it for so long and I think it affect it's affecting me because of like this and this and this, but then this other person said this and that and like now I don't know what to think. Like what do I do? But here's what I think I should think, you know, like like there's a like five different layers and she shares every layer mm. where I share like maybe one of those layers. <laughs> Which like, you know, I think is a good thing for like in, like there's extremes to both, right? But right. you need a little bit of both. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's very interesting for me to listen because like it helps me understand and like, I don't mind listening because yeah. it's like, wow, there's like so many things going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely a difference in like the way that we think right. or not even, maybe not think about like communicate about it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, side question. Okay. So I also sent you guys screenshots of the ch- childhood patterns that you might have resembled when you were younger in your type. And then um, not that all of them have to resonate with you, but maybe one of them did. So I wanted to have this time to share it with each other. In the type two one, there's your superpower allowed you to feel and know other people's emotions and needs intuitively. But I feel Aaron also has that a little bit with mm. the Nunchi from mom. And then uh, I'm not sure it's because we sort of bounced off of one another and right. had sort of a balancing dynamic as you grew up but uh, I, I could see myself in all three of these mm. childhood patterns no, yeah it sounds like that y'all, y'all have a very um, like your energy flows off of each other even though it might not be high energy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I'm a firm believer in like like that nature nurture thing you know i think everyone's like saw like 50 50 so there's probably like ways that the three of us and i think this is pretty clear from the conversations we've been having but there's things that we all share and then there's things that are like maybe biologically a little bit more you know but yeah i can i can see why he would say like why there's like similarities yeah yeah yeah, for sure yeah i think we did cover a lot of it like um like learning to predict strategize and plan what could go wrong like my belief is if you just think about it like the worst outcome and it happens and of course it's like oh at least I like had some expectation that this will happen um and I think it just like helps me approach situations knowing the worst outcome or just like ready for the worst um and I think the one about seeking clear and reliable guidance and advice from authority figures I trusted to help me feel safe and secure um that just goes along with like my close relationship with my mom and also my brothers too like like I said I go to them for my own different things um that's funny we don't 
I feel like we rarely talk as like a trio. Mm. <laughs> like I would just. Um, <laughs> this is Aaron talking to you. I mean, to put Wani on the spot. I mean, <laughs> he's got he leaves he leaves me in June on red a lot. So like, <laughs> I'd be going to June more. <laughs> yeah. I, he's trying to get better. Tried. Oh, I mean, the effort matters, right? <laughs> yeah. You're tracking upwards. Yeah. <laughs> very steadily. Uh, I think. With the nines, there's that bullet point that says, when overwhelmed, you retreated into your imagination where you found peace, freedom, and autonomy. I think, like, I do that a lot through, like, reading or, like, watching. Like, you know, just, like, different ways to take my mind off of things a lot. I don't dwell on things. I just, like, ignore things. (laughs) Right? Like, finding ways to ignore whatever is going on. So I think I've had to be a lot more intentional about, like, okay, like, I know I'm feeling this way about something. Like, why am I feeling this way? And like actually try to figure it out but mm. by default i will try to move away from that and get, go towards whatever is like okay this is chill you know um mm. yeah which is why you might have the one layer versus aaron has multiple layers in his yeah. stories like if you think about like all these layers right like aaron just like has like if you're at a beach right and you're like looking for that golden treasure deep down in the sand she has a metal detector and I have the little like plastic shovel that, like, doesn't, like doesn't dig through the sand very quickly. Um, but she has the like, okay, I have the metal detector and she sees through all the layers and like can find it, you know? Um, wow. You guys um, yeah. speak in analogies, don't you? <laughs> I get it from my dad, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. It sounds like you're right here from the stories he shared. <laughs> Um, what would be something you guys would want to say to each other as siblings, whether it's an encouragement or something to reconcile, even just from hearing what might be really going on inside of each other's minds that you might not have known? Or maybe you knew this, but if you didn't, what's um, something you would want to say to each other? So one thing I'm like really not great about, as you can tell, is like being consistent <laughs> and like keeping up. And I think that's like one thing I've realized a little bit more recently this past year um of like the importance of family and just like i think we all have like enough i can't speak for you guys but like i have the natural assumption of like okay yeah we are family like everything's okay and like we all love each other but like that's like the baseline right like there's a little bit more to it than that and i think that's like something i haven't been great about and like i think being out by myself out in texas and like having been away for so long maybe that contributes to that a little bit but yeah all that to say like i i'm sorry if i haven't been the most consistent (laughs) but i really care for you guys and i love you guys and like i'm trying my best to be more consistent juni and i've managed to play like four or five games of chess the past month (laughs) (laughs) if that if that substitutes for any kind of communication But um, yeah, there's a, probably a lot of like unspoken things that like I don't communicate very well. But hmm. yeah, I think uh, Aaron's really helped me to just say whatever. Like yesterday, I had to drop my car off at the dealership, and I got stuck at a really depressing mall for about two hours because the dealership said the car is going to take about two hours. Do you want to stay here, or we can? call you a lift to go somewhere and i said oh well there's a ball nearby you might send me over there and it was the inside smell like old wet stale crayons i don't know if you know what that smells like but no. i discovered what that smells like yesterday <laughs> so i was just texting aaron this place is depressing <laughs> I, I don't want to be here anymore <laughs> i did uh facetimer because i went to this one arcade called round one got like a bunch of like plush toy claw machines but uh yeah i think i think aaron's really helped me to learn and just spew whatever's on my mind Hmm. i think i think people typically just want to know what you're doing it doesn't matter if it's important or not um and don't don't worry about apology that's so dad (laughs) you don't (laughs) oh my god Just mm. every heart to heart is an apology, you know. Uh, no, 
I, I don't I don't really trip because I think uh, I think Aaron's the one I talk to the most, and I, I sort of don't talk to my parents and all that often. So I, I usually just get it out with Aaron. Just play more chess. And, and <laughs> yeah. Shooter games with me. <laughs> Maybe that's your love language playing games because me and Wani have been playing Tetris every night <laughs> like we don't do anything else like my like since I like quality time like my brother literally just stays in his room and I just have to like I just walk in his room just sit in there and we don't even talk to each other <laughs> but it's just like that quiet peace <laughs> and we just like, put the company the con- the company yeah. and then like at nighttime we play games and it's all fun and games but Hmm. Not really, because when he always wins, someone I get mad win. because I just play and then I win and then what can I do? You know. Oh, interesting. Wani's <laughs> <No>. the winner. <laughs> okay, yeah, you can take this one. It's not something that happens often. <laughs> That's so, like, so cool, though. Like as you guys share what fills you, like hearing it and how you guys can fill each other's cups in different ways, and like how June and Wani connect versus june and aaron connect right it's different but it works and so that's kind of cool to hear the dynamics happening <clears throat> aaron do you want to encourage or say anything okay to wanhi <laughs> <laughs> hmm. she's Let's milking see. she's milking it up calling you wanhi today <laughs> I, know. I know it's so fun <laughs> that's what you say <laughs> maybe he- you feel uncomfortable when I pry, but like also me prying is just like there's no other way to get information out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get too overwhelmed. <laughs> um, the little things matter, I think. I think also being alone in Davis because I went to slow before, so I went into a totally new place. Like also like makes me want to call my brothers more because it's just like easier like I know like if they don't respond it's like whatever it's just like I think maybe when he has caught on like he gave me a call when I was like walking to class I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I honestly get happy over the little things like that and it's just more of like I was just like oh I'm going to class why'd you have to call me now but I think (laughs) also the time difference is definitely mm-hmm. a barrier like I think I I'm more of a night owl I think but one he also with the time difference would always just like be sleeping so then like, <laughs> automatically June's the next person so <laughs> I would just like talk to him more often um so just um take my prying with love <laughs> okay <laughs> And tell me. <laughs> I want to know more. Because <laughs> I think being in Texas, like, and he, d- like, not good at communicating, like, leads to just, like, a mystery persona. Like, you're my brother, but what do I feel like I know so little? That kind of thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I just want to get closer through the little prying. <laughs> but for June, I think I'm very grateful because I think, yeah, I think he's pretty good at just, like, texting. Also, he's, like, in with the memes, kind of. He's, like, a cool boomer. (laughs) 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 Um, Like, (laughs) me and my brother would just, like, end every FaceTime with she. (laughs) 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 It's not even, (laughs) it's an old little thing, but. That that meme will never die for me. She. Um, I'm out of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, even though June is saying like I like to take him out of the house and stuff, it's also because he's also I know he's always down to do things, and he's also the person who has many hobbies. Like even when we were younger, like he would always have a new hobby, and it was always so admirable. Like I don't think I ever had like any much passions I think growing up but like June like was into like I remember he was into like graffiti and like got like paint markers and he liked skateboarding and he got like um into archery 
And, like, that's always things that, like, I would never do myself. But, like, he has all the equipment. Because, like, when he goes, gets into a hobby, like, invests in it. (laughs) So, I think I'm really grateful that he exposed me to a lot of that stuff. So, um, I think, yeah, I'm just grateful for all the quality time we have we had because I wasn't slow so that was like only like a three-hour drive to LA so I got to see him more often and Mm. I think we got closer through that so yeah I'm grateful for both of you guys really (laughs) my brothers I I would just like to put a disclaimer out there graffiti is illegal and I've (laughs) never done anything illegal (laughs) (laughs) putting it out there in the public sphere well, thanks, guys, for letting me be a part of your sibling conversations. I really enjoyed listening to you guys share. Um, I will do a quick, like, superlatives game and then end it with fruit. And then, okay, it'll be fast. Okay, yeah, that's part of your homework, okay? <laughs> In true Korean fashion, we end with fruit. Uh-huh. Oh. So we're going to, um, I'm going to ask you, like, five, just who's most likely to? And then um, when I say one, two, three, you answer, okay, of you three, okay? Who is most likely to make the most money on three? One, two, three. Why? I don't know. He's been working for longer. (laughs) Okay, interesting. What did June say? I think he said me. <laughs> oh, money, money maker. Okay. Um, no, no, no. He said me, as in like himself. Oh, you- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, what do you guys do, by the way? Or do you guys want to share or no? Uh, uh I-, I work in uh, movie trailers. I-, I help, I help get movie trailers made. Fun fact, when Wani and I were doing some of these episodes a lot more often together, June was behind the scenes edit- uh, audioing some of them. True that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sound really nice. Yeah, now that now my now my audio sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Wani, you work at Teach for America doing. Uh, yeah, I work for Teach for America doing technology consulting essentially. And then Aaron, you are a grad student for education. Yes. Okay, um, who is most likely to say sorry first in a fight? One, two, three. June. Me? Oh, F. interesting. <laughs> drink. Yeah. I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't have any drinks right now. <laughs> Who is more likely to get arrested? One, two, three. June. June. <laughs> uh, about this, but he's never done anything illegal. No, that's true. Um, so this, this is the rebellious side. We, you know, didn't hear much about this time. Who's most likely to bungee jump? One, two, three. Aaron. Um, who's most likely to read uh, the? <laughs> who's most likely to read a set of the encyclopedia? <laughs> encyclopedia. Yeah. One, two, three. Why? I guess yeah, it's I me by default. You're, you're the nerd of the family. Interesting. Nerd. Who's the most likely to tear it up at the karaoke? One, two, three. Me. Aaron. Oh, um, and who's most likely to start the campfire? Oh. One, mm. two, three. June. June. Oh, interesting. SV. Interesting. He's the camping guy. It really, yeah, it really does sound like everyone kind of has their. Not that you guys can't all do it, but more, most likely to. It sounds like you guys are all well-rounded people. Um, <laughs> and let's go on in a circle. What is one fruit you would describe your family as? I would say it's like a grapefruit. There's a you have to put in a lot of work because you know how Koreans eat grapefruit. Cut it in half. Tiny spoon, and they spoon out each little bit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort to get to the juicy parts, mm. and the juicy parts are sour and to acquired taste. <laughs> Whoa, this is kind of deep, though. <laughs> <laughs> to get to it, you know, you're already cutting up the next grapefruit because you can't get enough. Mm. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Love it. 
Oh my gosh, can I go next before yes, one you can. steals? Yes, you can. I don't know if you're thinking this one. I was going to say cure, like tangerine. Mm. Because I think my love language now is younger. I brought this up earlier. <laughs> was like, um, June and one, he would always be gaming. But then I would always like, even like when I was younger, I just like sit in the room with them and always just be curious about what they're doing. And they're probably gaming or something. And so I would always just, my mom would always deliver cure to their room in like a little bowl. And so I would just like peel all of them and then feed them as they're gaming. <laughs> Sister who just wants to be a part of y'all's life. <laughs> mm. We used to give her a dead controller. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> I oh, didn't know this. Yeah. She'd be playing as a third player, but it wasn't hooked up. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's um mean, but nice. It's for the greater good. Hey, man. I was going to see maybe like grapes. Oh. Because like we're all like individual little like grapes but we're all connected because of the stem and like oh. can, like you know um yeah i didn't i didn't think much beyond that but you know individual grapes connected by the stem mm. yeah very cool well we'll be thinking of you guys when i eat my next cure um i love that you Aww. you did a memory for your fruit um okay guys well thank you so much for joining me today i enjoyed listening to each of y'all's different perspectives and also seeing wani in a family light very very <laughs> little different over here um but i hope you guys can come back on the pod sometime to share more um cheering for you Aaron if you ever do get to meet your biological parents in Korea um, as a part of your story and hopefully you guys will have many more deep conversations to come just (laughs) on your own I'm so excited thank you guys for listening to Color Commentary yay thank you Enjoy the wander. Oh, (laughs) this is enjoy the wander. (laughs) Enjoy the wander edition. Oh wow! Mm. It's been been a minute. (laughs) Throwback.